Today's episode is part of our Protective Intelligence Honors Program, a program we developed at the Center for Protective Intelligence to celebrate the top pioneers and thought leaders in physical security. Each month, we will be recognizing groundbreaking professionals who have driven new shifts in novel practices, development of innovative solutions, and are contributing to influencing and advancing the physical security and protection industry. Today, I am speaking with one of our honorees, Nabi Numer, Senior Manager of Security, Training, Awareness, and Partnerships, to discuss his views on leadership, changes in the physical security space, and more. For his complete bio, please visit our website, protectiveintelligencehonors.com. Nabi, welcome. Thank you, Fred. It's great to be here. Nabi, how did you get into the security industry? Well, I spent seven years in the Marine Corps Reserves. Uh, I was deployed to Iraq in 2003. And when I got out, I was working in the fitness industry and I was doing some you know, security side gigs, nightclub security, mall security, stuff like that. Um, and I was really looking to get back into a profession that really had that commitment to safety. And I missed the camaraderie and things that I had in the Marine Corps. So I started applying to different law enforcement agencies, um, as well as some EP firms. Um, but this was in 2006, and a lot of the Bay Area law enforcement agencies at that time were going through some hiring freezes. So, um, you know, made it to some chief's interviews, but never got picked up because of the hiring freezes. But I was actually picked up by Gavin DeBecker and Associates, luckily. Um, and that's really where I started my professional career uh, with executive protection and then, you know, got into corporate security and had the privilege of working in almost every aspect of physical security from EP to GSOC. Um, operations, training, and and more. That's a great story, and thank you for your service with the Marines. Absolutely. How has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Meaning, do you have a favorite failure of yours? Yeah, you know, I'm, I really look at failure as an opportunity to learn, and I think that's why I have such a um, diverse background in trainings. Um, that's why I get my desire to take so many courses. You know, I've had plenty of opportunities to fail, and I've learned from each and every one of those opportunities. Um, you know, because of that, I'll say, okay, well, I need to take this course now, and then I need to take this course. And so that those courses has really built my knowledge base, uh, built my desire to be a well-rounded security professional. As far as a favorite failure, um, there was an incident where I was doing advanced work. Uh, this was in. 2008, during uh, President Obama's election cycle, and we had a celebrity who was, you know, going out and you know, trying to bring awareness to get people to vote for him. And so I'd flown out to Miami, uh, was doing a bunch of advances for all the sites this celebrity was going to visit, and going to the last place. It was closed when I got there; couldn't advance it properly. The next day, you know, celebrities flying in Brian early, so I had to pick him up. Day is going really smooth. We get to this one place um, and, you know, escort him into the green room. And sure enough, he's like, well, where's the restroom? Luckily, I was able to find that out, told him exactly where I was at. However, what I didn't know was on the other side of the door, on the other side of the hallway, it led out to the public area. Um, unfortunately, that celebrity at that time, when he got out of the bathroom, didn't know which way to go and went out into the public area. And it was, you know, he got mobbed. It was bad. So, it was a very big learning lesson for me 
you know, at that point, you know, I'd only been with the company for a couple of years and doing an advance this big and, you know, really making sure that I took time to plan my schedule accordingly to ensure I hit all the sites and make sure I knew in every in and out of those locations. Uh, so something that would never happen again. Yeah, that's a good story and certainly a good lesson learned. What motto do you live by? You know, the motto I live by is to always engage in some kind of, kind of activity that betters me each day, you know, and to help those around me. Um, I try to do something every day that betters me, whether it's, you know, 20 minutes of reading, meditation, uh, physical activity, um, you know, reading to my son, you know, whatever it is, something that I know has helped me become a better person each day. Nobby, what are the biggest changes you expect to see in the physical security space in the next one to three years? That's a great question. I think the first thing we're going to see uh, as far as changes is talent. And I think it's going to go two ways. Um, you know, unfortunately, the law enforcement agencies across the nation, you know, are, are being attacked left and right. And I think we're seeing an exodus of law enforcement officials, you know, getting into private security um, because they don't want to deal with, you know, the political climate at this time. Um, that's good for some of the senior leadership positions. On the other flip side, I think it's been harder to recruit very well-versed and talented and uh, motivated entry-level guards and, you know, security receptionists. You know, and I've seen it and talked to a few other colleagues who's also seen the same thing where that entry-level talent is not what it used to be. And I think we're going to continue seeing that struggle over the next few years. The other biggest change I think we're going to see is the con convergence of cyber and physical security um, and really seeing those two avenues converge a lot more. We've already seen it. We've seen that, you know, companies continue to um, partner those two sectors. And we're going to see a lot more of that as cyber becomes such a huge aspect. Um, and we're going to see the physical aspect of that changing the social engineering and all these cyber hacks. It's really going to be important that we educate uh, those employee bases and, you know, even work. Um, colleagues and even home at the home. What advice would you offer to organizations as they prepare communications plans for office reopening plans, like new procedures? Yeah, you know, definitely we need to be taking what employees want into consideration, right? And so um, COVID has shifted what employees want and what they know they can do. So for a company to say everyone must return to the office, you know, that's going to draw people away from their company. You're going to lose a lot of great talent. So you have to be able to send surveys, understand what people want and what, you know, they're willing to do. That then in turn needs to ensure that companies are properly preparing employees to work from home and we provide that safety and security to them when they're there, right? If, um, you know, some employees might have things outside their home or even within their home, that is a safety and security concern. Maybe it's, you know, another roommate who works for a competitor. Maybe it's, you know, a domestic violence situation and, you know, things like that. So we have to be able to really ensure that we're providing all the tools to ensure employees are safe when they're at home. Nabi, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to say? You know, just that physical security is such an important part of any organization. And I think companies have really started to acknowledge that. Uh, we've seen a lot more investment into the physical, physical security space. Um, I know a lot of colleagues have, you know, seen the benefit of it over the course of the past year, especially with COVID, uh, seen the value of GSOC, see the value of intelligence teams, and um, hoping that trend continues. 
Thank you for being with us today, Nobby. Thank you, Fred. This episode was brought to you by the OnTIC Center for Protective Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.ai slash center. Again, that's ontic.ai slash center. It was produced by A.J. McKeon. Our music is a track called Monte Verde Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smokin' Novas. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast at ontic.ai or visit ontic.ai slash center for more information. And thanks for listening.